Hi everyone, I'm Lucas Mack and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today, I'm really excited to bring you my guest, Amanda Legrand. Amanda Legrand, if I want you, she'll share her handle uh, during the episode. I'll put it in the show notes. But Amanda Legrand is living in a van, not down by a river. She is living in a van in the van life world, and she has customized a van. She's gone through this incredibly inspiring journey, one that's very human, one that I, I know all of you can relate to wherever you are. She shares in this episode her her journey, her reclaiming her life, how she reclaimed her life. And I'm excited to bring you this episode. She is an awesome soul, and I'm honored to bring Amanda Legrand on this episode. Amanda Legrand, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. So you, I, everyone listening, I somehow stumbled upon Amanda's social media. Um, maybe it's been a couple of years now or a year and a half at least, and I've been watching your journey. I watched you retrofit your van and you documented that really well. And in the era of tiny houses and minimalist living, here you are actually doing it real time. I mean, where are you recording from right now? Yes, I am in Arizona at the moment. Awesome. In your van. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. Um, so tell me what led you to this life? Like, how'd you get to where you are right now? Um, it's a bit of a story, but I'll make it concise. I started following this idea of minimalistic living back in 2014. Mm. So a good six years ago now. I was teaching in Nashville. I was married. I had never wanted to teach in America. <laughs> um, wow. in, in college, I studied Spanish. I really had wanted to go across the ocean, teach in Spain um, or teach in some other Spanish-speaking country. Uh, I had been out of the country to Nicaragua before and fell in love with the language and saw someone that was teaching English and thought, this is what I really want to do. Mm. So fast forward to 2014. I'm a teacher in America. Um, it was kind of my way of getting to Nashville. So mm. my husband and I had decided that we wanted to move away from Kansas City. And um, moving to Spain was not an option. So I'm like, let's move somewhere. Let's do something. So we moved to Nashville and I was able to get a job with a teaching certification program and then become a teacher. So I was doing the thing that I could do, but I really didn't actually want to do. So I was feeling a little bit stuck. I love the kids, but um, I'll put it out there. The public school system has a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's really yeah. tangled and messy. And it's a lot of work, especially for a first-time teacher. Yeah. So I was pretty stressed out. Um, still loving life in Nashville. Nashville's amazing. But I was wanting to be more mobile. So that stuck feeling had me to where I just started following accounts like we do on Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. I started following Airstream accounts. Um, getting an Airstream looked the absolute coolest to me because people were re renovating them to look really nice. Um, that Nashville style would show yeah. up in Airstreams and I just loved everything about it. And so 
I started following different accounts and I don't know if I can remember which ones I started following first, but with one of those came the bucket list family. I don't know if you follow them. And they're just taking their whole entire life on the road everywhere across the world, not even just in the U S and I thought, okay, I love educating and I love children and I love the idea that they're just taking their kids everywhere. Mm. And instead of learning about something in a textbook, they are bringing the world to their children. And so that kind of also was going through my mind. I'm like, I just want to get mobile. And down the road, when I have kids, it'll be a really cool part of it. You know, I don't know what that looks like yet, but I want to get mobile. And so that's back in 2014. Just a dream. You start collecting the hashtags and following the Instagram accounts. Right. Thinking that that life is so amazing when it's really just another life. But um, the idea of the minimalism and the freedom appealed to me. So I kept following it. And I, I at the time, you know, I kind of would brainstorm, how can I get mobile? What can I do as far as a job? Mm. Um, being such a long time or six years ago, it's not that long ago, but being a handful of years ago, everything has advanced. Like it's so easy to get a job on the road now. Yeah. And, and whether you want to commit to staying in one place for a few months and picking up something there, teaching online, um, being an entrepreneur, selling courses, anything, like anything is possible. So that short little step, and I hope I'm not just dragging on here. I have, no, this is great. This is okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Everyone so- listening, when you follow Amanda's account, you'll see her journey, what she's talking about. And like, it's, it's really cool. Please. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah. So at the time it was the, the hiccup was how do I work and create income while I'm on the road? I didn't know that piece yet, but I knew that I wanted it to look that way. Well then fast forward a couple years, 2016, I go to Next Level Columbus. And explain um, what that is real quick. Yeah, so it is a leadership and emotional intelligence training. So you go through, it's very experiential, you go through this training and really dig deep. Yeah. Um, see how you show I, I, This is the same, it's a similar, actually probably identical course um, that I've talked about before I, I talk about my journey. And like that was the very first time I'd ever experienced unconditional love. Like I grew up in mm. strict evangelical Christian home, yep. um, mm-hmm. all that stuff, but for the very, and in an abusive home, I was severely abused and all this stuff. And just the confusion of yeah. love and God and forgiveness and what, but then never <laughs> experiencing love God, or forgiveness and all of that. And then for the very first time I go to, I went to ALA in San, uh, San Diego and I just, no one judged me. No one, they, yeah. you know, I shared when I cried, they cried as mm-hmm. opposed to when I, you know, felt something, they gave me an answer, you know, which mm-hmm. is my whole life. So anyway, yeah, just everyone listening. Uh, this is the same course that I've talked about before. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I still relate to that. It's like the greatest container for forgiveness yes. and acceptance. Yes. It's beautiful. So you have that grace to, to dig into some past hurts and obstacles and heal from them. So that's what I began. That was the catalyst in 2016 was going to that training. Mm. Um, it forced me in a good way. It forced me to look at what was not working. One of those things being my marriage. Um, 
and, and it, would, it would have been fantastic. It would have been possible to work through it. And at the time, it just, it didn't work out that way. Mm. So I learned so much from it. Like I mentioned, it was a super low, super hard time. Mm. But it also was the rebirth into all of these things that I'd been dreaming about. I could actually pick them back up. Wow. Wow. So, so yeah, so 2016, it's not like, van life was on my mind. <laughs> Getting through the rough spot was more so on my mind the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And in the subsequent years, I went ahead. I ended up 2017 was, was kind of a hazy year for me. I was figuring out where I needed to be, um, starting to rebuild, being with friends, being with people. It was the most important thing for me was to just be with people. Hmm. and to be raw and yeah. yeah no other definition so after i went through that and i'm i'm just saying that out loud because it's not like this huge thing happened in my life and then i just jumped in my van <laughs> yeah i needed i needed the time to walk through every single emotion and get clarity on who am i now hmm. now that i'm not this person that i had kind of built up in my life previously um, I kind of got a whole new slate to see, you know, who I wanted to be, mm. uh, and be incredibly intentional about my future. Mm. So at the beginning of 2018, the next year, my very best friend, Dana invited me out to Colorado. So I lived with Dana and her husband in their spare room while I rebuilt my entire life. Wow. And it was so sweet. They made up the room for me before I got there. And she put little pictures of vans and airstreams on this corkboard mm, for me. That's cool. And a quote that said, when, when nothing is certain, anything is possible. Hmm. It didn't land for me then. I was just still kind of healing and raw and um, not in a point where I wanted to pursue any sort of dream. Right. Right. But as I spent that year rebuilding, I got to a point where possibilities started opening up. Hmm. I started working for a chiropractor there. I also, my very first job when I got in town, because I was rebuilding completely, even with a degree, even with everything, I started working at a pizza shop. Wow. And it was because I was walking in Old Town and I saw a now hiring and I went in and I said, I can start tomorrow. I just moved here, just need to start somewhere. That's awesome. Rebuild my life. That's really beautiful. So I mentioned that because I now run social media for that pizza company. Cool. That's one job that keeps me with the freedom and availability to be on the road. And then my chiropractic job turned into health coaching and I now do that on the road as well. Hmm. So the two jobs that I got and that missing piece back in 2014, how to, how to work mobily, um, when I began to push forward and decide that no matter what this is going to happen, then it opened up for me. And I had no idea that it would be through these two um, local jobs that weren't mobile, but they both created the positions for me to be able to be on the road. Wow. That's amazing. And yeah. you, so you, were you born in Missouri? Are you from Missouri originally? Yeah. Well, I was born in Lawrence, Kansas, but then Kansas. we relocated to Kansas City, Missouri, Got and it. I grew up there. So you've gone, you start Midwest, you go a little bit in the South in Nashville, you, 
your your birth kind of takes place there and then you go in many ways it takes place your birth emotionally and spiritually yeah. and all these things and now here you are in Colorado finding these people and and pro- connecting you to live the life you're living right now yeah it's really it's so amazing. random yeah it's <laughs> that's really cool so one of the questions i've had just following your journey is it like um maybe it was last week or something you were like you it looked like you were in and i don't know if you're posting real time or however it works but you Mm -hmm. were in palm springs area like joshua tree and Mm -hmm. you know you pop up here you are in arizona today and you know maybe you'll i don't know where you'll show up next but what's it like being on the road just driving and with your own thoughts are you listening to podcasts or books Mm -hmm. music like what what's going on in your head and world while you're on the road okay yeah uh, well, it's ever evolving. Mm. So when I started the journey, cause I actually started the journey last year, took some time off for the holidays and now back on the road since February, the beginning of February. Um, but you learn so much in one day. <laughs> mm. I'm constantly just, and, and being on the road alone, um, you do have to be vigilant. You do have to yeah. Yeah. be aware 24 seven. Um, so that can get exhausting. Um, just taking account where I am, my surroundings. Um, so that's what's on my mind. And then I'm also just moving through emotions and, and paying attention to how I feel. Mm. Um, when I was in California, I had, I was taking my time. I went down from the Monrovia close to Los Angeles area and then went down to Santa Ana and I felt it felt really busy to me. I, I didn't really feel um, safe's not the word, but I didn't feel settled. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to my mom on the phone and she's like, and I said, you know, I felt really good in Arizona. She's like, then drive back, just go. Huh. And so it's, that's it, kind of what it's like paying attention to how I'm feeling and like what my gut's telling me. And yeah. at the time I, I didn't have that settled feeling in California. I know I want to go back. I know mm-hmm. I will be back, but yeah. For now, I wanted to explore Arizona, and so I, I'm paying attention to that internal compass. Amazing. So let's um, let's jump in. How'd you pick a van? What you and walk through the journey of you actually remodeling because you documented it really well. But what? How'd you pick the van you picked? What What was that like? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it was a good year and a half of looking at different models, my friends sending me cool VW Westphalia pictures, you know, we see all the really awesome looking vans, but then you have to think of what's practical as well. Right, right. And some people do both. They're able to get an awesome van and make it practical. But what I was thinking was, well, first it's me solo and I need to take into account if I'm paying for gas, um, if I'm driving a huge van, what is that going to feel like? Right. So I, I didn't know what that would look like. I kind of just kept going through the process in my mind and looking between Ford Transit models, Sprinters. There was something else, and I can't think of it at the moment. Um, but there were three different models, and I followed a girl, Divine on the Road. She was really good at documenting a step-by-step process Mm. and she had picked a Ford Transit and she had a lot of good things to say about it so after time I thought I kind of like the way that model looks it's not as fancy schmancy as a Sprinter but I like that too 
that it's not. And, um, and I think I want to go test drive. So in March, 2019, I don't know. I think it was last year. I went and I test drove one of those big vans, uh, the, the highest you could get the, the longest in length and it was a Ford transit and it just felt huge. Like I was driving a bus and I was like, I don't know if I want to navigate up a mountain around, yeah, you know, LA or San Diego or wherever in a huge van. Right. And so I came across this Ford Transit Connect. It's actually a much smaller version. I don't know if you've seen one, but it's short and it, it goes up, but I can't stand up in here. Hmm. Um, I would just hunch over a little bit if I stood up. I'm five four, so it doesn't really matter, but uh, <laughs> it's shorter. Yeah. And I thought, why do I need a huge van? And the, and the only reason I would need a bigger van is if I had company with me. And then I'm like, why am I deciding my life on some fictional mm. whatever? Yeah, yeah. That's not real time. So mm. not to say that I can't be like, oh, in the future, this would be great. But what, what can I do right that now? And that was, right the, now. Yeah. yeah, that was my huge deciding factor is like, what do I have and what can I do with what I have? Um, so then I, I went and saw a Ford Transit Connect available at a dealership in Denver. So I test drove it and it drives like a car, which is cool. awesome. Cool. The gas mileage is much better and I felt good. So I go, I go a lot by how I'm feeling. I yeah. do use the compass a lot, but when I got in the driver's seat and I'm driving around, I just thought this feels like, this feels like it. I think I'm going to go with the Ford Transit Connect. Cool. That was in June of last year. I was able to get everything together, find the one that I wanted within a week. And so I bought it. And it's, it, the other thing with that was that I started following and looking up on Instagram, on YouTube, if people had remodeled Ford Transits before, or Ford Transit Connects before, because it's so much smaller. What would that look like realistically? Yeah. And I, I found a lot. It's, a, it's amazing what you find when you're actually looking for it. So I found a lot of different people doing some really cool remodels. And so I bought it. And it was just a shell for a while because I couldn't start remodeling right away. Uh-huh. And I went to a Boulder Van Life event and just started introducing myself to all these cool people that had rebuilt their own vans. And this one guy, um, I'll mention his name in case anybody wants to check him out, Aaron Ivy, Renegade Vans. He is in Golden, Colorado. I talked a lot to him. He had some really cool rebuilds, and he actually did his first van life project in a Ford Transit Connect. Oh, no way. That's cool. Yeah. So like That's that is cool. so you know exactly what I'm, yeah. what I'm thinking, what I'm going through. So he's been a lot of help. He actually installed my fan. Um, he helped with all of the electrical pieces. Amazing. It's yeah. cool. like even looking at, you know, behind you, just the wood paneling. It looks so cool. I bet that it, <laughs> with that natural light, yeah. and that wood, that's, that's a cool touch. Do you feel um, like how important for you to be in a van and have wood or some earthy feel, some natural feel to it? How important is that? Um, yeah. 10 out of 10. I hate, I'm a Taurus. <laughs> I'm an earth sign. You know, I'm not super into it, but I know a little bit yeah. about it. But yeah. I am so into the neutrals. I'm into the the woods and the metals. Yeah. And it is very important. I saw some people that had done the exposed 
um, wood for the top. And my brother actually installed this for me in less than an hour. Um, But it's, you kind of take bits and pieces from everybody else's builds. Yeah. And then you decide what works for you. And a lot of times you redo um, everything that you already planned. (laughs) Is there, um, are there groups that you connect with or is there community of van life um, people? You mentioned that one get together, but are there other groups that you guys like, could you be wherever you are in a state and find where there might be van life living dwellers. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, right. It's the amazing uh, ability the internet gives us. So I follow a group on Facebook, hashtag van life. There are people that post in there every day. Um, I needed a a quick question for something uh, with my day to day in the van. And I just post it up in there and people will have feedback. Uh, they do roll call. So they say where they are, post pictures cool. where they are. Very I know. And so it's just, and then it's just following other people that are doing it as well. So two quick examples. I have a friend from Nashville, Chandra, she and her boyfriend started van life back in 2018. And now she's in her Jeep and she's in Arizona. So I've got to reach out to her and connect. Cool. Um, but you just kind of see where everybody is and go from there. So I know you gravitated uh, to the West Coast. Have you gone to the East Coast? Like how how many states has your travels taken you so far? Yeah, well, that's interesting because it's not that many so far. So I went to the van in Nashville, um, revisit with friends. And by the way, and Nashville it, is amazing. I love oh, it. Oh, it's one of my gosh. favorites. One of my <laughs> clients was the Hutton Hotel in Nashville on the West End there on Broadway. And so I'd go down every three months and we do all like culture building with the company. I just love that city, that hot chicken, that Hattie's hot bee, Hattie B's hot chicken or whatever. Oh yes. Yes. Good stuff. It's all good. (laughs) The energy of the city is. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's cool. Sorry. I just deviated. That's okay. It's cool. It's always good to talk about Nashville. So you went there, you connected with your friend who started van life. Yeah. So I went there, um, um, just to visit since I did live there for a while and I let somebody borrow my van. They actually rear-ended somebody. Oh no. Um, so it was out of commission, like right after I rebuilt it, drove it to Nashville within a few days, it was out of commission in the shop for two weeks. (laughs) Funny. It's funny, but it's, it's a good metaphor for life. You know, you just have to keep rebuilding and keep going. Yeah. So I had several other things going on right after that incident. And so I had to just fly there. I went without my van to Utah. Mm. I went without my van to San Diego. And then I picked it up after the few weeks, drove it back to Kansas City. And my mom and I, you know, rebuilt another for another 10 days just because in that rear end accident, the battery flew forward. There were other things that I needed to go in and recorrect. So it actually was a blessing in disguise. It showed all the weaknesses or the vulnerabilities of the vehicle that, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. It that's did, for that's, sure. Isn't that weird how life is? So yes. Weird. So crazy. So it was, it was quite a reset, not only for my van, but my mentality at the time and deciding what I wanted to do, what it would look like. So I brought the van from there, went to Colorado to check in at work. Um, 
discovered it was way too cold and not insulated enough to be sleeping in the van in Colorado. Mm. At, it was October, so it's yeah, 20 cold. degrees at night. Yeah. yeah. So I had, I had one night that I went into where I work um, in their office and I slept on the floor. <laughs> and after that night, I thought, you know what, I need to take this back to Kansas City, um, decide if I'm going to insulate it more or just be where it's sunny, be mm. where it's warm. So I ended up going back to Kansas City and I stayed there through the holidays. I stayed a little too long in my own reflection and opinion, but it was good to find that out for myself. Mm. Um, and then now that, so Nashville, Colorado, and now that I'm out here, it's been Arizona and California. Wow. I wanted to go to the Seattle where I am. Got to come, come see the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yes. (laughs) I in front of our house. You're, you're welcome anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I do want to do the entire coast. I think that would be a really fun trip. Amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. How have you, um, gosh, there's so many questions. How have you grown spiritually? And I, however that looks, I mean, it's, it seems very spiritual to be in your mind, your thoughts, like philosophically, your worldview, like you're seeing humanity pass you by kind of every day and you're in your own world. How have you grown mm-hmm. spiritually through this journey? Mm, that's good. Um, for me, it's been deepening the connection to myself. Mm, beautiful. I think we grow up, especially it sounds like you have a a similar background in that I grew up in Christianity and the church, everything. Um, We grow up being told not to listen to ourselves, to kind of. Almost hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Deny yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, And I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but you, you give someone else that authority. You give someone else the authority, especially as a woman, to make those decisions for you because you don't, you can't do that on your own. And so I think doing this, um, especially coming out of a marriage, uh, I did, you know, I did have a relationship last year. So coming out of that relationship as well and seeing, yeah, I really can do this. I really am strong enough. And so having, trying to answer your question but I have a lot of things running through my mind yeah giving like taking that authority that I've outsourced yes you know giving it back to self and realizing that this very personal relationship to God to source um it starts with me Mm -hmm. you know I I don't have to look outside and decide what's next I just need to go internally that's right and thank you and and so there's, you know, I can, I can look around for other clues and cues, but learning to trust myself and where I'm going and who I am has been the biggest lesson for me. Solo traveling. That's powerful. Um, That's powerful. Yeah. I want to, uh, first of all, just acknowledge you that what you just shared, that's the greatest journey and truth there is to go inside and to reclaim the authority of your life, to reclaim your life. And that, yeah in spite of, I'm sure, people's opinions, judgments, their thoughts, their whatever, and you standing in your own power is really, it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful lesson for everyone to hear. I think, um, yeah, I just want to acknowledge you for 
sharing the journey because it is a journey. You're, I, I'm watching you. I see, you know, like, okay. I don't even know for everyone listening. I literally just, the first time I've ever talked to Amanda <laughs> is right now in this podcast. Yeah, isn't it but awesome? <laughs> it, it's cool how, um, how social media can work in that way to build. Mm-hmm. You've been, I think one thing I like about your style is it's, it's funny you say earth and tones and like, because I feel like you kind of roll kind of muted in a way like, mm. tone, you're, but it's cool and it's authentic and it's real. And so that's when I'm like, hey, who is this person? I'm going to follow her. I'm going to reach out. I'd love to have you on the podcast. And then hearing your journey about spirituality and, and going inside, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So I guess a couple more things I was curious about when you like safety has got to be a big thing. If mm-hmm. I saw a post, you didn't feel safe at one one time or I don't, you, know, you know you don't have to go into the details or you can but how do you yeah. ensure your safety while you're while you're rolling mm-hmm. so um back when i went to the boulder van life event i met a gal that travels solo in her van and i asked her that question it was before i'd started and she said that she carries a gun yeah. and i and that kind of scared me too, just because I don't have a lot of experience with guns. And I'm like, you know, if I'm half asleep, I don't know if I can trust myself to, you know, I just don't, don't want to hurt anybody. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought about it for a minute. Do I need a gun? Am I going to be okay? And then most of the stories I heard about that were anybody that tried to break in, uh, they were breaking into something like a truck where there's ex- something exposed mm. like they have equipment in the back or yeah. so it's rare that someone's breaking in to attack you like yeah. they might be trying to get something um and as a woman there's extra security that you want to keep in mind right. so I, I i did not pack a gun <laughs> i don't have a gun i do have other things that i could use with my hands to keep myself safe but going beyond that, um, before that should ever happen, I take account where I am and I, I do tune into how I'm feeling. So the one time that you had mentioned, I was in Colorado, I was staying, it was too cold. So I was staying at a friend's house mm-hmm. and I wanted to be in another city that was 30 miles away, 20 or 30 miles away. I had a lot going on the next day in that city and I didn't want to keep driving back and forth. And so I looked up on couch surfing, which is that old app. Um, I never tried it before, but you can basically stay on someone's couch for free. You just click in the app, you talk back and forth with them and you go from there. And so this person had really high ratings. He was verified safe, all of that. Mm. And so he's like, Oh, my sister and I are going out to eat, meet us here. So I thought, okay. So I went and they like, if people drink, people drink, it's not a big deal, but they were both very drunk Mm. and he was just putting off weird signals Mm. and I knew it. Like I knew it right away. Like, I don't want to be in this situation. Mm. Like I don't want to sleep on this guy's couch. (laughs) Right. right. I'm I'm just not going to do it. And the same type of thing, not sleeping on someone's couch, but parking in a parking lot where the area just felt a little off, yeah. felt too busy. There were too many people lingering in the parking lot. And so I just moved to a different parking lot. Mm. 
So I go, I, I pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to uh, share. So one of my, I've had him on the podcast and, and I talk about him often. And one of my best friends, um, is a medically retired Navy SEAL, but he okay. talks about in SEAL training, they, they teach early on to listen to the body, the physiological signs. Mm -hmm. And I brought this up one time because I always had this kind of runny joke that if someone weirds you out, it's because they're a weirdo. Normal people don't weird you out. Only weirdos weird you out. So if someone weirds yeah. you out, you could say, okay, there's something's weird with this human. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound judgy. I was joking around with him. He goes, well, actually, he's a pretty serious guy. So well, mm -hmm. that's actually how <laughs> he was like, that's how it is. He said, most people deny their own instincts. And that is when people get attacked and in trouble. Like he said, women specifically, they enter an elevator, someone else gets in, they know right away, this is not safe and they should exit out. And they, they tell themselves, Oh, I'm just making a big deal. And something unfortunately mm -hmm. happened. So amazing. And I acknowledge you and kudos to you for listening to yourself. Uh, my wife is reading this book called the body keeps the score. Yes. That's on my list. Oh my, my gosh. Next book. Like, every night she's like, I bought it. I bought it. She hijacked it, which I love. That's usually how it goes. She reads it. She's like, and I have had so much physical issues my whole adult life. Um, mm. It hasn't even been until the past like six months. In fact, I'm sure a funny story. I think it's funny. Um, I had SIBO. I had diverticulitis. I was really sick. I had collapsed and gone to the ER twice in an ambulance. Yeah. Um, all that trauma just, just in my body. Right. And I was so strict on my diet for so long. <laughs> all of a sudden, I, I can eat anything I want now. And I've gone, whoo, <laughs> the other uh -huh. way. And my wife and I, oh, we got to get it back. Uh -huh. <laughs> we got to find some balance in this freedom. But mm -hmm. um, the body keeps the score. It, she, this book is a lot about trauma, but the body knows. You know. And that's so cool that you listen to yourself and you're learning to listen to yourself. And that's part of that reclaiming the authority of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah. And sometimes it takes experience. Like I, I didn't just get here. There are definitely so many routes that led to this place mm -hmm. and me not listening to myself. So through the experience of not listening to that instinct and really paying for it later, I know it's okay. You know, what, I, what I'm feeling is real and I can trust it. Yeah, powerful. Okay, let's, um, let's switch here because I want everyone listening. In fact, uh, this podcast, predominantly in the United States, people listen to it, but it's all over the world. Like the sixth most listened to country is the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which I find super wow. interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people need positivity down there, I guess, but, um, you are a health coach and you, you mm -hmm. coach people online. So I definitely want you to share what you're doing and give that opportunity because everyone listening support this beautiful soul on her journey and let her support you on your journey of physical health. So share what you're doing. Um, with your health coaching? Yeah. So previously, I was personal training only. This was pre going through my divorce. Mm. I was I was really good at the physical outside mm. uh, external aspects. Um, after going through divorce, relocating, rebuilding, and when I started working for the chiropractor, he had these um, vitamin supplements that work with the body to clear out candida, which is something that can start in your gut and become systemic all over your body. It's sugar oh, cravings, it's yeah. pain, it's so many things that we yeah. don't even realize. Um, it clears that out. It clear, it detoxifies um, just from 
everything that we're taking in from our products to the air we breathe, it's really easy to build up on toxicity in our body. Mm. So the product or the vitamin supplement supports and detoxification as well as clearing out candida and it reestablishes gut health. Mm. So it's something a lot of us would, we could do at least once and, and we don't even realize it for me. It, um, I, I thought I was just someone that had a sweet tooth or, or many sweet teeth and just craved sugary things all the time. And that's who I was. Uh, when I did the, the detox, went through the program, it was about three weeks. I no longer craved those things. Like I'd like some fruit or some strawberries, mm. but I didn't need a cookie or a donut or, you know, something that we, we take for granted eating yeah. like that. <laughs> so um, it cleared that out for me. I also, um, I do feel my butt, my, my gut is more balanced and that um, I can digest things a yeah. lot better. Yeah. And anybody that you, you had mentioned diverticulitis, like anyone that has issues with the gut or with the digestion, mm -hmm. um, once that's relieved, you're going to feel so much better. So it's yeah. going through that. Um, I was able to share it with my mom, with everybody else in my family, and everyone's been able to have success with feeling better right away. Wow. Um, when you get on a workout program and eating better, that's awesome. That's long-term. This is something that sets you up for the perfect foundation for mm. health going forward. Beautiful. Well, I, I will talk to you after, after this podcast because when you're saying sweet tooth, I am, I'm in this weird, just sharing my journey for yeah. so long was so strict. And like I said, I, I, I've done a lot working with nutritionists and, and, and um, gastroenterologists to, to really heal. And now I started eating and I, I have, I'm addicted to sugar, like nobody's business right now. And I, and I, it's a real, I'm reading all these books. Like I got to break it because it's not good. It's not good. Right. Yeah. I hear uh, you. Powerful. Um, sis, thank you. Thank you. You're an awesome person. Everyone, how can, what's your uh, Instagram handle so people can follow? Yes, it is Amanda Lagranda. Um, L E G R A N D A Amanda Lagranda, and that's also my name without the A at the end, so it's easy to find. Awesome, and thank you. And keep going. And if you ever question, is it making an impact or what you're doing? Um, are people watching? I'm watching, and I love your content. I'm proud of you, and it's a pleasure to finally connect with you after you know watching your content. So thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I, I see what you're up to and I'm inspired by you. So it means a lot to get that kind of compliment from you. Thanks, sis. Thank you. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, thank you for listening. If you can, support Amanda. Reach out for her, um, her health coaching. I'm actually going to do the very same uh, right after I get off this um, recording. Thank you for listening to the Golden Rule Revolution. There is so much I am... I'm excited to announce that I am working on having uh, multiple city events in the next, um, this year, 2020 and onward. And we're most likely going to start in San Diego, then go to Seattle, Dallas, and Atlanta. These are going to be healing events. We're having multiple speakers, Oprah, super soul teachers, um, incredible people come together 
so that we can heal as individuals. And when we heal as individuals, society will begin to heal. So I will be releasing more information about that. And I will put all the information about Amanda in the show notes. And thank you for listening. Thank you for joining the conversation and being part of the Golden Rule Revolution where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. My name is Lucas Mack and I'll talk to you on the next episode.